pool cleaner. <laughs> guys welcome to franchise frights podcast i'm mandy i'm cam and this is sunday yes we are <laughs> recording on sunday i hope your weekend has gone well yeah our weekend has gone well we were lazy we were well not really we cleaned the whole house we went grocery shopping yeah i shredded a bunch of chicken <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure the people are so excited to hear our Daily routines. Yeah, well, we have a microphone and they don't. So, <laughs> so guys, we have stickers and we have business cards. DM us on any of our socials. Mm -hmm. Give us your mailing address and we will mail you a sticker and some business cards. And maybe even a note. Yes. And we'll say, hey, thank you for being awesome. Have a sticker. <laughs> And then you just uh, pass out the business cards or put them in high traffic areas. Yeah. And you get a sticker. Or do like I did last night and just drop it on the floor at the restaurant. Yeah, that works. Yeah. And uh, if you guys could also give us a like and a positive review on the podcast listening app of your preference. Yeah. That would be spectacular. It's pretty easy. Like whatever you're listening on, just like go to the top. And then hit rate. Yeah. And then, and then write nice things. Yes. Tell me I have a beautiful voice. No. Tell me I'm funny and creative. Nobody's going to tell you any of these things. So this episode comes out on February 1st. Ooh. And February Ooh. is the worst month of the year. By far. Even though I was born in it. Yeah. But it's like I was trying not to be born You're, in it. You were like right on the edge. I was supposed to be born on St. Patrick's Day which would have been really bad for my liver. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jet. What's the matter? Jet wants to get the kitty. Yeah, I think I'm just going to change my birth date to like June 1st or October 15th. Why October 15th? <laughs> well, because then I'm not stealing your thunder Oh. at the beginning of October, and I'm not stealing Halloween's thunder. Oh, so you're like halfway? Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So we're a month into the year. Uh-huh. How are the New Year's resolutions going for everybody? Mine stopped because new job, bleh. You don't like new job anymore? No, I love my new job. <laughs> but like my New Year's resolution was to move more. And I just, when I get home from work now, I'm tired. But that's the good time to move. I know, but it's like I'm mentally tired. But your body doesn't require your mind. I know. It's just excuses. My New Year's resolutions are coming along well. You're doing great. Uh, today, as we record this, I hit one week with no alcohol. And you still haven't had a soda. I haven't had a soda. It is the 28th of January, and I have not Ugh. had a soda in 2024. <laughs> like, I'm proud of you for the not drinking, but like, I could go my whole life without drinking alcohol again and be fine. 
not having soda. That's just a game breaker. I, I no. You're done. I have a soda next to me right now. I know you do. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> I can taste it. You can. You want to smell it? No. Do you want me to drink it and then burp in your face? Um, kind of. But <laughs> I feel like that says all sorts of weird things about me. Yeah. You have any horror movie news? I don't. I just saw that. Um, I don't know if there's any truth to it, but Diablo Cody says she's not done with Jennifer's body, and that there might be a sequel. Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah, that's a fun movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of fluffy and popcorny and fun. Yeah, which I think is how the new her new movie is going to be too. Mm-hmm. I just saw a trailer for it on YouTube the other night. Yeah. And I watched it, and I'm very excited for me, it. Me too. We'll pro- I might go see that in the theater. We should date night it. Ooh. Fancy old people date night. I don't usually see the point in going to a movie theater anymore, but... Oh, but when you go see movies like Top Gun Maverick, you need to go to the theater. Yeah, like action-y movies I get. I kind of wanted to see The Beekeeper. That Jason Statham movie where he's just like kicking everybody's ass. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I mean, I know what it is, but I don't really know what it's about. Yeah, it's just Jason Statham kicking people's asses. Okay. (laughs) I'm on board with that. (laughs) Sounds good to me. I'm trying to think. Any horror movie news? I I really couldn't find anything interesting. Yeah. So I just didn't write anything down. That's okay. I listened to the new Alkaline Trio album today. Is that horror movie-ish? No. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, I guess we can move on to the next section. Yeah, where we tell you about a movie. Yes, I think that's what people came for. I think so too, not to just hear us talk to each other. I like to talk to you. I know. What are you doing to my laptop? There was dog hair on it. I just brushed it off. Oh. So, Mandy, what movie did we watch? We watched the scariest movie ever. <laughs> Paranormal Activity 2. We did. Yeah. And Mandy has a long-standing history with this movie. <laughs> do you want to do the facts and figures today? Sure. Oh, you just did it because there's a couple of really hard names. I can say all these names. Paranormal Activity 2 was released on October 22nd, 2010. It stars Molly Ephraim, Brian Boland, Sprague Graydon, uh, is it Vivas or Vivas? Oh, I don't have anybody with that name. Colum Betty and Katie Featherstone. It was directed by Todd Williams, written by Michael R. Perry, Christopher Landon, and Tom Pabst. I wonder if he's related to the Pabst beer people. I hope, I hope so. Produced by Jason Blum and Oren Pelly. Cinematography by Michael Simmons. Music by no one, because there is no music in this movie. Uh-huh. The production company was Blumhouse Productions, and it was distributed by Paramount Pictures. The runtime is 91 minutes. The budget was $3 million, or $4.2 million by today's standards. The box office was $177.5 million, or $248 million by today's standards. That's a shit ton of money. Yeah. For not a lot of money. Yes. That's like a lot of reward off a little bit of risk. Yeah. It has an IMDb rating of 5.7 out of 10. Just screw off with that. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of 57% for the critics and 48% for the audience. 
Apparently, people don't like this movie. Yeah, they <laughs> suck. <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus is as follows. Paranormal Activity 2 doesn't cover any new ground, but its premise is still scary, and in some respects, it's a better film than the original. I agree. I agree, too. There are some problems with it. There's some problems. Do you have any reviews? Yes. Michael Compton from Bowling Green Daily News. Ooh. This is the rare sequel that provide or that proves to not only be better than the original, but actually makes the first film better as well. I would agree with that. I do too. Roger Ebert said, My audience jumped a lot and screamed a lot and then laughed at themselves. And he also said, I don't have a problem with paranormal activity too. It delivers what it promises and occupies its audience. Win win. I like that when you're in a movie theater and like everybody gets scared and screams and then there's that like chuckle afterwards yeah. where everybody's like, oh, I'm stupid. I had that when I went and saw Sinister uh-huh. because there were so many gaspy moments yeah. in that movie and like people would jump and gasp and then there was like a like a low. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Uh, Sean Burns from Philadelphia Weekly says this demon is more like a lousy roommate turning the lights on, leaving the cabinets open, and making loud noises in the kitchen while everyone's trying to sleep. Yeah. That's <laughs> at its core. Pretty much, yeah. Owen Gleiberman said, the images all point down, which is subtly disquieting, and each one is composed with enough wide-angle space and distance and enough nooks and crannies so that even when nothing is happening, the often dead silent shots tend to grow scarier the more you look at them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about these movies. Yeah, you're just like waiting. Yeah, you're like, waiting. where's it going to come from? What's yeah. it going to be? And then sometimes it's just so small. Yeah. Like, oh, that door just moved a couple of inches. Mm-hmm. But wow, it was scary because I was waiting for yeah. it. Yeah. Do you have any more reviews? No, I do not. I do not either. Okay. What were your initial impressions of this movie? I said, we saw this one in the theater. I know, because it's one of the only movies I've ever wanted to walk out of. <laughs> this and The Grudge, wasn't uh-huh. it? Uh-huh. And I remember exactly which part I leaned over to Cam and whispered, okay, I'm done. I'm ready to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, he didn't allow that, and he I made it through. Um, I've seen it a couple of times since then, and I've, I enjoy this movie. I do, too. I was so pumped for this movie to come out. We didn't get the first paranormal activity in our local theater, so I didn't get to experience it with a crowd. Yeah. But watching it on my own for the first time scared the bejesus out of me. And uh, I also said Mandy and I saw this one in the theater on its second night, and it was almost a sold out crowd. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had in a theater. Like everyone was jumping and shrieking and laughing. Mandy wanted to leave during the climax, <laughs> and there was a woman behind us who was literally like moaning and whimpering yeah. at several points. She was like, ah, uh-huh. ah. and that just made it so much more enjoyable. Uh-huh. I love found footage movies, and I really think this might be one of the best of all of them. I like found footage movies that are shot like this with security cameras. Yeah, where they're stable. <laughs> yes. I don't do so well with the like... Like Blair Witch. Or Grave Encounters. Yeah. Grave Encounters was so jumpy. I, I, yeah. I need a still camera. Well, and what's the thing in 
in found footage movies where they feel the need to constantly zoom in and out. I don't know. I'm like, stop that. Yeah. Because the movement's enough for me. Like, just hold then, the frame solid. Yeah. Would you like to start the plot rundown or would you like me to? I can start it. I'm going to crack open my not beer. Okay. So the screen opens and it's a black screen with white lettering that says Paramount Pictures would like to thank the families of the deceased in the Carlsbad? Carlsbad? Carlsbad. Okay. Carlsbad, California. Oh, police department. Then we see what seems to be a teenage girl as she and she's narrating as she films. A car pulls up with a man, a lady, and a brand new baby. The girl addresses Hunter, the baby, several times. So it seems like she's making a movie for him to watch in the future. That's so cute. The four of them enter the house. It is a big fucking house. Yeah. I think maybe I need to be a franchisee of Burger King. (laughs) A friendly looking older lady comes down the stairs and the girl introduces her as Martine, the new nanny. Then they all ooh and ah over the baby for a while. And we meet Abby, the beautiful German shepherd. Yes. He introduces Abby, the German shepherd. Then dad makes a joke about um, how mom seduced him with the fireplace. Yes. And that's how Hunter came to be. So next he shows us Hunter's room. It's cute. It's little. It's very little for the house being that big. I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's a nice little nursery. And then dad enters what he refers to as the sister's room. And it looks like a teenager's room. It's messy. There's posters all over the wall. The teenage girl is in there chatting on the phone. And she refers to Hunter as her brother from another mother. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but so now we know their family dynamic. They are a blended family. They are. Um, the teenager girl jokingly warns Hunter to never enter her room without permission and gives him a whole bunch of other typical older sister warnings. Yes. So then dad shows us, I don't, he has two man caves. I think one of them's like, like his, his home o- office. office. Yeah. I put, one looks like an antique store with a computer sitting on the desk. And the second has a TV. The dad says that's where they're going to watch all the Chargers games together. And then he brags about his 50-inch monster TV. And it's like a plasma screen. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I have a 50-inch in my man cave, uh-huh. and I'm like, boy, this could be bigger. Yeah. We get a couple of clips of like the family bonding with the baby, and then Martine cuddles the baby, and she starts to tell mom what a special baby he is. He's very special. He's very special. The doorbell rings and the teenager girl says that she's going to go get it. She runs to the front door, opens it, revealing Katie from the first movie. <gasps> What's she doing here? I don't know. Is she possessed? Maybe. Nope. Because upstairs, Katie snuggles the baby and bonds with mom. And we find out that she is mom's sister. And Katie's still very pretty. Yeah. I don't refer to mom like Daniel and Christy as their names. They're just mom and dad. Oh, okay. Because it's easy. Mom, pa. Mom, pa. So then the family's outside. Dad's grilling. The teenager and her boyfriend are swimming. They're sinning. The teenager and her boyfriend are swimming. Katie sits at the edge of the pool with her feet dipped in. And Katie explains to the teenager. Um, she's Allie. Yes. Eventually we find out she's Allie. But she explains that she's the teenager's step aunt. The wicked step aunt. And she aunt. makes a joke about being an evil step aunt. And then she just kind of goes, well, I'm not really evil, 
but I can be evil is my point. Yeah. And that was scary. Little foreshadowing, maybe. Yes. So now dad's in the pool wrestling with the pool vacuum. Everyone else is hanging out around the pool. Katie holds Hunter, who is now much bigger. And someone makes the comment that he's over a year old now. Time jump. So we had a time jump. The teenager asks Katie where Mika is. And Katie kind of stalls for a moment. And you can tell that she's kind of trying to make something up while simultaneously Thinking back on the fight, you know she just had with him. Yeah. (laughs) And she just kind of says that he wasn't up for it. And at this point in the movie, like when we saw it in the theater, it was like, oh, this must be like the day after she killed him or something. Yeah. They faked me out. I know. Now we cut to the camera looking over the Ray's house. Very destroyed. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's been ransacked. Christy is on the phone with the insurance company who say to record all of the damage and catalog anything missing. I made a note that this is what my kitchen would look like if I didn't live with you. Yeah, probably. I mean, not the messiness of it, but all the cabinet doors and drawers being open. Uh-huh. 100%. Oh, 100. <laughs> Despite the house being all messed up, nothing seems to be missing except for a necklace that Katie made for Christy. They discuss how gross it is to know that someone was in their house while they were gone. The only room that didn't have anything wrong with it is Hunter's Nursery. They go down to the basement, which is a total fucking mess. Yeah. Like, there's just stuff stacked (laughs) everywhere. For being such a nice house, their basement is shit. Like, just organize that. You don't need to have a desk with a couch piled on top of it. Yeah, and why is there stuff just stacked in the middle of the room? I don't know. It's weird. And they find something on the floor that maybe looks like pee. Yeah. And they're like, did Abby pee here? I don't really know why that was pertinent. I think because Allie mentions that it stinks. Yeah. And so Do you think I, it was demon goo? I think so. Oh. So now the parents are cleaning up and they're kind of trying to make light of things. They're cracking jokes, mm-hmm. but you can see on both of their faces, they're like, wow, this is disturbing. Yeah. The next shot is a couple of guys coming into the house to install security cameras. They tell Daniel where the cameras will go and that they will be recording all the time. Hey, that's good coverage for a found footage movie. (laughs) I put, I know they're security camera installers because one of them is wearing a camera around his neck and the other one is carrying a tool bag and wearing a tool belt. And they both have shirts with the company name (laughs) printed on them. And they're in all like, all All white. white. Like that doesn't seem practical. No. So now the screen reads, night one, August 7th, 2006. And I bet this was the part in the theater where Mandy started shaking. Probably. It is 1.37 a.m. and we see shots from all the cameras set up throughout the house. Daniel locks the front door and good dog Abby is laying on Hunter's floor next to his crib guarding him. We see an outside shot of the pool. Bugs chirp and sing and the robotic pool cleaner's just doing its thing. Mm-hmm. The robotic pool cleaner is really the star of this movie. I know. He should have had a a name to put in the starring section. Then the lights in the pool go out and all of the insects stop chirping. Uh Uh-oh. But the hot tub lights stay on, too. They do. So we cut to the next morning at 7.04 a.m. and the pool cleaner is sitting on the pool deck. Daniel puts it back in the water and asks, what are you doing out here? (laughs) Because it's a character in the movie, so you have to talk to it. 
Inside, Abby is scratching at the basement door and looking like a very concerned pup. Allie is filming Hunter crawling up the steps on his own, and he has the cutest little chunky baby feet. Yes. And we see Martine doing some sort of blessing or prayer in the living room. Mm -hmm. And Abby the dog is watching her and looking very nervous. Yeah. See, I refer to Abby as Abby the dog because it's close enough to Allie the, the girl. The girl, yes. Don't name your dog Abby if your daughter's name is Allie. No. That's too close. Maybe Allie named Abby. Yeah, maybe. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So Allie goes to talk to Martine while she is cooking, and she asks Martine what she was doing earlier when she saw her praying or doing her blessing. Mm -hmm. Martine says she was cleansing the house, keeping the good spirits, but getting rid of the bad ones. We see Christy playing with Hunter while Daniel films, and then we hear Allie let out a blood-curdling scream. Daniel runs to check on her, with the camera, of course. Well, yeah. But it's a fake scare. It appears that Martine the nanny left a big poo in the toilet in Allie's room and didn't flush. <laughs> and dad calls it a stenchilada, which would be hilarious if Martine wasn't Latina. Yeah. But it just... It hits kind of, wrong. Yeah. It didn't sit right. Yeah. It felt just a little bit racist. Well, just like, um, did you notice all of the African paintings in his office? Yeah. And he has like African masks yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like, a little bit of the cultural appropriation. A lot. But they do joke around a little bit more about the poop, so I can kind of forget the stenchilata comment. Well, and I think they're building that, like, this family has a good relationship. Yes. Just because she's a teenager doesn't mean that... She's surly and yeah. against the dad. No, like, her and her dad get along. And she gets along very well with her, her stepmom step and her step-aunt. Aunt. Aunt. <laughs> So we cut to Christy in a bubble bath, and she says that it would be the best bath ever if Daniel would join her. Mm -hmm. He says he doesn't want to smash her, and she says, I kind of want you to smash me. <laughs> then he ruins the whole thing by saying he's going to release the Kraken. Yes. Oh, th there's another thing that here that bothers me, because he asks what time Katie's coming over, and instead of just saying 8.30, mom goes... Well, what time is it right now? <laughs> yes. And then he says, I don't know, like 7.20. And she's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe an hour from now. No, nobody says that. No. <laughs> just, you, I'm sure you had a set time that she was going to arrive. I said, that's just bad writing or improv because. <laughs> just say the time, Christy. Nobody would ask what time it is. Yeah. Now we see night two, August 8th, 2006. We can see the pool cleaner doing its thing again. It's clean in the pool. Mm -hmm. And the screen cycles through the cameras in the house, and then we hear Hunter crying. We see that Aunt Katie is taking care of him tonight, and she hears something and looks towards the window. Now it's the next morning, and Katie is sleepy and said that Hunter kept her up all night. Daniel and Christy thank her for watching him the night before, and Daniel is cooking a huge breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then Mika comes in and immediately starts ogling the camera. <laughs> And he looks at Allie and he's like, please tell me that's not yours. <laughs> and the screen reads, 60 days before the death of Mika Sloat. Okay, so now we know where we're at in the timeline. Mm -hmm. Mika and Daniel talk and it appears that Daniel is a franchise owner for Burger King. Yeah, Mika was trying to get some free food. Yeah. Mika's such a douche. <laughs> he is. <laughs> 
And now we see Hunter beating on some pots and pans on the overhead hook things that I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. I, it might be convenient, but I think it looks sloppy. Yes. Like, just put those in a cupboard. Yeah. You have plenty of cupboards. Daniel talks to Mika and tells him about the break-in and the security cameras. And now we see Hunter playing in his room with Katie and Christy. Katie asks if they're still scared after the break-in, and Christy tells her that it's strange because they didn't take anything, but it's giving her the same feeling like when they were little. Katie's face changes immediately, and she starts looking very concerned. Mm -hmm. We cut to later, and Christy is feeding Hunter and getting him ready for his nap. She's sitting in the living room and hears a thudding sound from upstairs. She walks up the steps with Hunter and looks around in his room and the adjoining bathroom. She looks out the window, and as she's leaving the room, she hears another thud or thunk and goes to check it out. We stay on the camera in Hunter's room, and the mobile, mobile, mobile. I say mobile. Mobile? That's a mobile. Okay. Above his crib starts to spin on its own. As soon as Christy and Hunter come back into the room, the mobile stops. Okay, this is where I noted that these movies do this thing where they don't play music. Instead, it's almost like like a white noise or like a sound wave or something. Yeah. It's undetectable when you're actually in the moment watching the movie, and it immediately makes you feel uncomfortable. Yes. I don't know what it is. It's it's almost like a low hum. Yeah. Almost like a um, a refrigerator compressor. But scary. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, I don't know, it just makes you feel uncomfortable because like, I think it's your body knowing something's coming and that's how they get you. And it just raises your hackles. Yeah. Night three comes on the screen, August 9th, 2006. It is 3.18 a.m. And we get a cycle through all of the security camera shots. Pool cleaner. (laughs) And nothing's happening in any of them. The camera gets to Hunter's room. He stands up in his crib, waves and coos at someone who isn't there. And then there's kind of a weird fluttering sound. Yeah. Like, it almost sounds like wings. Yeah. And then like a tapping at the window. Yeah. So the next morning, the pool camera shows dad throwing the vacuum back into the pool, even though we see it in the pool every night. How's it getting out? Hmm. So then mom, Allie, Martine, and Hunter are looking through a photo album, and mom randomly finds a picture of young Katie. She's like maybe eight years old. I said, it's the same picture from the attic in part one. Uh-oh. But this time it's not burned it's at not the corners. It's not burned. So mom is shocked to find it because she thought they lost all their pictures in the fire. She passes the photo around and when Martine touches it, she like barely holds on to it before throwing it back at mom. Yeah, she's like, I don't want this. Here you go. Yeah. So later, Martine and Allie are hanging out in Allie's room. And Allie says that mom and dad are going out and she's going out. So Martine's going to be left home alone. Is she going to have a party or invite her boyfriend over? Have a sexy party. Yes. And Martine says, oh, no. And then gives Allie a hard time about her boyfriend and handsy, handsy. <laughs> Boys, they handsy, handsy. <laughs> but I liked this because, like, you can tell that they have a really good relationship. Yeah. Like, it seems like they love each other like family. Yes. Like, Martine is part of the family. Then we see night f- number five, August 11th, 2006, 1033 p.m. And we once again flip through all the cameras in the house. Hunter is asleep in his crib. Abby's laying guard in his room. 
We go back to the living room camera and there's a loud thud. From the other room, Martine enters the frame looking for the culprit. And then the camera switches back and forth between the living room and the kitchen so that we get her from multiple angles. She keeps hearing random thuds and thumps. The scary noise is really bad right now. It, like the... the whoa, yes. Whoa, <laughs> and I said, it makes your heart feel like it's in your throat. <laughs> you're just waiting for something to happen. And you're trying to take in the whole shot to look for movement. And I then, love that when your eyes are just searching the screen, <laughs> like, where's it going to come from? Yes. And then there is a loud slam from upstairs and Hunter starts screaming. Abby starts barking and Martine runs upstairs to check on them. From the camera in Hunter's room, we see that Hunter's standing up in his crib screaming. Abby is looking into the bathroom and barking, and she looks like she wants to attack something. Mart- well wagging her tail yes. because she's a good donkey. <laughs> Martine picks up Hunter, goes downstairs, and then sages the shit out of that house while carrying Hunter. And she's saying, like, blessings. Yeah. So mom and dad enter the house while she's burning sage in the foyer. And they're upset about the baby and the smoke and that she's burning shit in their house. Understandable. I get it. So mom grabs Hunter and heads upstairs and dad reprimands Martine while opening all the windows to clean the air out. So the next morning, dad carries Martine's suitcase down the stairs and outside while explaining to Martine that they will write her an excellent recommendation, but they just can't have her burning shit in the house. So- and he also mentions at the b- very beginning of the scene... Like, it sounds like they're giving her two months pay. Yeah. So that was nice. Yes. So upstairs, mom's playing with Hunter, trying to get him to say Dada for the camera. She's sitting on the floor with him, but he continually looks above and behind her, like there's someone standing behind her. And he walks over to the closet to check it out, and mom tells him he's just being silly. The camera cuts to the kitchen and mom's telling dad about her interaction with Hunter and how he wouldn't focus on he would focus on anything but her. And dad tells her that he's just a baby. It's no big deal that he has the attention span of a guppy. That's about accurate. No, because I go the neurodivergent mom in me is like, no, that's not typical. Get some early intervention. (laughs) (laughs) And then I put Iowa save AEAs. Yes. Right to all your representatives. Our governor's fan-fucking-tastic, <laughs> isn't she? Did you notice that during this scene in the kitchen, too, Christy is using, like, a butcher's knife to cut garlic bread, and it is not going well? <laughs> no, I didn't notice. Like, she is just hacking away at this garlic bread. I'm like, get a bread knife. Yeah. A Something knife serrated. Isn't, yeah, not meant for bread. <laughs> You're just flattening the bread. So next we see dad checking on Allie in her room. She's painting her no- toenails and dad turns off the light so that he can use the night vision camera on her. So Allie tells him to knock it off and she's kind of pouty. You can tell that she's pissed at them for firing Martine. But dad says they just couldn't have her doing all that witchy stuff around Hunter. So this was a witch hunt. Yes. Then we see night number eight, August 14th, 2006, 2.42 a.m. Hey, guys, the pool cleaner is cleaning the pool. (laughs) I just put, we cycle through the cameras again. Hunter begins crying and mom enters his room, picks him up and comforts him. She hears a rattling noise in the window and she checks it out, but there's nothing there. She continues to sway Hunter and the window rattles again. So mom walks over to the window, but more thoroughly checks this time. And behind her, we see the bedroom door slowly open up by itself. And then mom lays Hunter back in the crib 
and the window rattles again. And then she checks on it one more time, but this time there's a loud bang that startles her. And she starts yelling for dad. I tried to scare Mandy just now. <laughs> oh, is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. I kicked your foot. The next morning, Allie films while dad discards of the dead bird that broke its neck on the window last night. That that means demons and shit. Well, and that is scary. I mean, I've we've had that oh, yeah. happen. <laughs> it's it's loud. And it makes the dog go crazy. Yeah. So later, Allie and Hunter are playing, and she turns her back on him for just a second, and he runs away. She sets the camera on the bed, and it happens to be focused right on the baby monitor. Once the room is empty, the sound bar in the baby monitor spikes, but it kind of just sounds like white noise. Like There's like a crackling static sound. Yeah. And maybe a voice, it, but yeah. you can't really tell. We're just getting the little bits and pieces of like... The bits and bulbs. Things are happening. Yes. I really liked during the dead bird cleanup scene how the dad was like teasing Allie with the dead bird. About like cooking it. Yeah. He went over and he was like, how do you want it? Medium rare? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was like a crow. Yeah. <laughs> Night number 10, August 16th. Night hashtag 10. Yes. Hashtag. 3.28 a.m. The cameras fripped through all the angles again. Pool cleaner. The camera's pointed at the kitchen and a pan falls from their above the island pan holder thingy. Yes. I don't know what you call those. I don't either. I'm sure there's a name for them. We're not fancy like that. We're not fancy people. We keep we... ours in a cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> so we flash to Hunter's room where mom is awake and just putting Hunter back in his crib. The loud noise startles her and she slowly makes her way downstairs to check on things. In the kitchen, she finds that the pan fell. She puts it back on the holder and then she just goes and looks over out the window, which is weird. I said, and don't do that at night. Don't, no. Don't do that. And we can see that the pots and pans are kind of swaying yeah. on their hooks. Yep. And then a few moments later, the same pan falls again. Mom is freaked out, and she runs upstairs trembling and crying. And she kind of grunts and groans. <laughs> I think she's just like, <gasps> like. Like as she's running, and she runs up the stairs really, really awkwardly. Yeah. And the whole time she's going up the stairs, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's scared. <laughs> she sounds like a dog. Don't you remember that one time you scared me in the basement at the old house and I did the. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's just what your body does when it's scared. When I get scared <laughs> and I'm standing up, I tap dance. <laughs> I just like I shuffle my feet in oh. one spot really fast. I punch. Our friend Aaron thinks it's really funny. <laughs> The next morning, Daniel has put the pool cleaner back into the pool again, and Abby plays with it before it sinks because she's a good doggy. Mm -hmm. Mika and Katie are visiting, and Mika plays with the camera because Mika really likes cameras. He loves cameras. No, like Mika says he's going to replace his girlfriend with a camera. Yeah. So Daniel tells Mika that Christy thinks they have a ghost, and the two men kind of make fun of her. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you got a ghost, huh? And we find out that Katie and Christy had some scary stuff happen to them when they were little kids. But Katie doesn't want to talk about it or even think about mm -hmm. it. So Allie is excited at the possibility of a ghost in the house. Now we cut to Christy and Daniel in the kitchen, and she's arguing with him that there's no way the pan could have fallen off the hook after she hung it back up. He dismisses her and says she probably just hung the pan on the very edge of the handle and it slipped off the hook. She asks why the pool cleaner is always coming out of the pool every night. 
She says that no one is taking the cleaner out of the pool and urges him to go check the DVR for the security cameras. I think she says go check the tape. Mm-hmm. So they go into the home office and they look at the video and we can see the pool cleaner climb up the side of the pool and onto the pool deck all by itself. Uh-oh. Daniel thinks it's a case of having the settings too high or something. And Christy's not happy about this answer and she leaves the room in a huff. Mm-hmm. So now we see Daniel holding the camera and talking to Allie about the possibility of the house being haunted. Allie chalks up Christy's fear and reactions to the happenings to lack of sleep and hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, your kid's a year old now. I think the hormones have probably leveled off a little bit. They definitely have. I, I think we're probably in regulated territory with the hormones. So try again, you fucking douche Chargers fan. <laughs> Yeah, what are you going to do next? Put her in the loony bin for hysteria? Well, she's obviously hysterical. Okay, I'm back. Allie's excited by the prospect and wonders if it could be their mother haunting them. And she says, maybe we should have a seance or something. Mm -hmm. Well, and I like that she argues. She said that Christy always assumes it's a bad thing. And maybe we need to view it as something good. Exactly. And that's when she says, maybe it's mom. Like. In my experiences as a paranormal investigator, I get so frustrated that everywhere we go that has activity, people are like, there are so many evil spirits in this house. Yeah. And you've been to Farrar. Yes. The interactions we have at Farrar. There was one where we were dying laughing. Like almost all of them are overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> I had a ghost discuss safety dance with me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. Yes. And I've only had a couple of really scary instances happen yeah. on investigations, but everybody's like, oh, it's demons. No, that, that's pretty much the only experience I've had. And I love that, that I can say like. I talked to a little kid ghost about the safety <laughs> dance. <laughs> now the screen reads, night number 12, August 18th, 2006, 314 AM. It's the witching hour. Hey guys, the pool cleaner is pool cleaning. <laughs> Hunter's standing in his crib and talking at the window, and he seems very excited. He's kind of waving his little arm. Yeah, he's happy. He's babbling. And then Allie is not, or Abby's not having it. No. She's growling at the window, and we can hear some tapping and rattling sounds from the window, and Abby barks and then backs away like, nope, fuck this. Mm -hmm. Above my pay grade. The next morning, Daniel tells the ladies of the house to come check out something by the pool. They come over, and he's set the pool cleaner settings high enough that it fires out of the pool on its own right in front of them. This is such a dick move, though. It is. <laughs> and Katie leaves in a huff and goes inside. I mean, and... it's something we would do to each other. Oh, yeah. But, like, she's already, like, freaked out, and then you want to scare the shit out of her? You know, I'm, I kind of see where Daniel's coming <laughs> from on this. But Allie thinks it's hilarious yeah. after the initial scare. Yeah. So Daniel follows Christy inside and apologizes for his joke, and he even calls himself a tool. I'm like, hey, I'm on board with that Chargers yeah. fan. <laughs> he suggests that they go on a date night and Allie can watch Hunter. Christy's nervous about leaving the house with all of the weird things happening, but she eventually relents. So we see now that Hunter is asleep and Allie is reading her book, and her boyfriend comes and knocks on the patio door, and it scares the shit out of her. Yeah. He comes in and they start messing with a Ouija board. Allie asks the spirit what it wants and it starts to spell out a word. She accuses her boyfriend, Brad, of 
pushing the planchette and he was like, no, I'm not doing it. And it starts to spell out the word pussy. (laughs) Allie laughs and they joke. And he's like, oh, man, the ghost wants some pussy. It's funny. It is. And then they start to play with the board again. And Allie is still giggling. She can't get it together. I I think there's a glass of wine in front of her. Is there? Yes. Oh, Brad knew what he was doing. I I was looking because she's like really giggling. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think there's a glass of wine next to her. Oh, shame, shame. Should known better. Those cameras are everywhere. Teenage drinking. Don't do it. So while Allie's still giggling, the board starts to spell out something. H U N T. Almost like Hunter's name. Mm-hmm. They asked the spirit what it wanted, and it starts to spell out Hunt. But Allie's still giggling, and she's like, Pussy Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Now we see that Allie's asleep on the couch and the parents are still out. And then the TV goes to static. A shadow comes from the basement door and spreads across the couch right over top of Allie. She wakes with a start and the TV clicks back on again at the same time. Allie goes to head upstairs but notices the front door is open. She closes and locks the door. And as soon as she gets up the first flight of stairs to the landing, something bangs on the front door. Okay, your front, you're asleep. Yeah. Your front door is open. And something woke you up with a start. And you just go and shut it and gonna you're just going to go to bed? Why not? No. Hey, she had some wine. <laughs> I would be so freaked out. So she looks over the large window above the front door mm-hmm. that she can see from the landing. Yeah. And she doesn't see anything. So she goes down to check it out, opens the front door. Seeing that no one's there, she steps outside and the door forcefully closes behind her with kind of a sound Mm -hmm. before it. She tries to get in through the patio door, but it's locked. She tries a window, but can't get it open. And then we hear heavy footsteps walking into Hunter's room and the little guy starts getting dragged across his crib while he's still asleep. He wakes up and starts to cry as he's picked up and dragged up the wall of the crib. It's scary. The camera cuts away, and when it goes back to Hunter's room, his door is shut, and he's out of the crib, just toddling around. Mm -hmm. He leaves his room and seems to be following something through the house. One of his toys is sounding, and he's following the noise, and it leads him to the basement door, which he opens before going back upstairs on his own. Abby's waiting by the front door whimpering when Daniel and Christy get back home. Christy goes upstairs to a crying and screaming Hunter, who is now back in his crib. Mm -hmm. And Daniel's looking around for Allie. He goes outside to look for her, and she comes back inside and explains to Daniel that she got locked out of the house. Daniel's not too excited about this. No. So Allie tells Daniel and Christy that she was napping on the couch and she heard someone call her name. And then she tells them about the whole door thing. Daniel puts his foot down and says he doesn't want to hear any more about the house being haunted. He's done with this ghost stuff. Rawr! Christy seems to believe Allie, and she's very calm with her, Mm -hmm. and she says she's going to go calm Dad down. Yeah. So the next morning, breakfast time is rather tense. Mm -hmm. Allie won't talk to Daniel, and he leaves for work while Christy is feeding Hunter. We cut to later in the day, and Allie is outside with Brad. (laughs) She has her laptop out and is researching, and Brad's trying to get some by offering her a back rub, and she's like, no. (laughs) 
Allie finds out that their haunting doesn't sound like a ghost. It sounds like a demon. Then she explains the difference between a ghost and a demon for anybody who didn't watch the first movie. Yeah. And this is when the story starts to fall apart for me. Yes. It gets a little lame and a little too simple. Mm -hmm. Allie finds a site saying that some demons will offer wealth in exchange for the soul of the firstborn male in the bloodline. So now Allie is in the home office reviewing the DVR footage from the night before. She shows Daniel the video of the door slamming behind her, and he's like, yeah, the wind blew the door shut. And she's like, no, there was no wind. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it comes from the back of the house when the windows are open. Yeah, But she- no windows were open, Dad. Yeah. So she argues with him and is trying to reason with him, and he tells her, just stop messing with the system. <laughs> because that's his toy. Yeah. Night 17, August 23rd, 3.12 a.m. We begin cycling through the cameras again. That pool cleaner is tireless in its It's efforts. It's just doing a great job. So we hear a huge thud echo throughout the house. Allie wakes up and turns on her camera, and she says that she thinks that she just heard something downstairs. She gets out of bed, and when she's just about to open her door, there's a series of loud thumps. But she's brave, and she makes her way downstairs carrying the camera. She turns on all the lights downstairs, and a toy car starts moving and making noises. So Allie makes her way through the kitchen, dining room, and formal room? I don't know what that other room is. I, I don't... Well, he says at the beginning that they have two living rooms, yeah. and one of them never gets used. I think it's... That's... Yeah. So when she gets back to the stairs, the toy car approaches, but it's pointed the opposite direction of what it was. And in a totally different room. Yes. So she runs up the stairs very quickly. The next morning, Allie explains to Christy what happened and asks her if she wants to see the footage. And mom watches the footage and agrees, yeah, that's definitely not normal. And Allie brings up the fact that maybe Martine was right. She said there were bad spirits in the house and that she had to clear them out. And then mom starts describing how she always felt scared growing up. She can't remember of what she was scared, but she just has a feeling. So then Katie comes over for a visit and her and Christy catch up on the latest happenings in the house. And Christy tells Katie that she knows it sounds crazy, but she thinks that whatever happened to them when they were little is starting again. Katie's not interested in talking about it. No, she's like shutting this down hard. Yes. And she's looking beautiful in her green top. (laughs) But Christy tells her she doesn't remember. She just remembers being scared all the time. And Katie snaps back with, You know what I remember? I remember you crying all the time. I remember you couldn't sleep and you got anxiety attacks. I remember that you stopped talking for months. I remember weird people came to our house and our mom was upset all the time. That's what I remember. Okay. That sounds intense. (laughs) I sure hope we get to see that in a future movie. (laughs) And then Katie tells her that whatever it was thrived on fear. The more attention they paid to it, the worse it got. So Katie pretty much threatens her and tells her to leave it alone or she'll end up just like their mom. <gasps> I wonder what mom's up to now. I don't know. She's probably in the loon- in the booby hatch for being hysterical. <laughs> then we see mom rocking Hunter to sleep for a nap. Allie takes Abby out for a walk and mom puts Hunter in his crib and then goes downstairs. She puts it on a tea kettle and sits at the island to read a magazine. The house is still and quiet. And then suddenly there's like an explosion goes off. Cabinet doors and drawers fling open. And I put, 
In complete honesty, this just scared the fucking shit out of me. When we saw this in the theater, <laughs> I almost threw our popcorn bucket. Yes. Like, I, I need to learn that <laughs> during these movies, maybe I shouldn't get popcorn. Yeah. Because jump scares really get me. Yes. And I seriously, like, I had a half of a half full popcorn bucket in my lap and I almost just threw it at the person in front of us. Well, and I read in some facts that they had told her that only one cabinet was going to pop open. Yeah. And so like her reaction is genuine. And her reaction is great. Yes. So mom cries and screams and runs upstairs yelling, leave me alone. And then the tea kettle starts screaming. So Christy has to make her way back down to the kitchen and she's freaked out. Then she just marches with a purpose over to the stove, pulls the kettle off, and then just starts putting the kitchen back together again. And she goes back upstairs just as Allie is coming back in with Abby. Allie senses that something's up with her, so she follows her to her room to check on her. But Christy's pretending that everything is fine. She's like, oh, no, I'm just touching up my makeup. Yeah. (laughs) Allie tells her it's not. Christy's clearly bothered by something. But Christy gets next to her and tells her that Katie... Oh, She gets next to her and whispers that Katie told her they can't talk about it or it gets worse. Everything is fine. It's not. No, it's not okay. So Allie's on the phone with her boyfriend discussing the demon deal. And she theorizes that maybe Christie's great-grandmother made a deal and that's why it's coming to get Hunter. A male hasn't been born in their family since at least 1930. That was a big leap. That was a huge leap. Um... Where did you get this information? Why do you think it was her great-grandmother? Did she become wealthy or famous or powerful? Yeah, we don't get a lot of explanation on how we arrived at this point, but boy, we took a big Superman jump to it. Yeah. But you know what? Allie's talking on a pink Motorola Razor. (laughs) And that makes it okay. I'm just going to let this scene go ahead and be okay. Okay. Night 19, August 25th. 3.24 p.m. Guys, this is going to surprise you. The pool cleaner is cleaning the pool. (laughs) I put, guess what we're doing? If you guess cycling through camera shots, you were right. Hurrah! (laughs) The house is still in quiet and dad puts Hunter in his crib. Abby takes her place guarding as usual, but she seems to be put off by a little something some something's not right in the room. Yeah, and Daniel has to tell her to lay down. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, lay down. So then the camera fast forwards to 12.49 p.m. And the whole time it's fast forwarding on the timestamp, we can see Abby is just not settled. No. She keeps picking her head up and looking back towards the window. So the view switches to the living room and we see the basement door open on its own. There's a low rumbling noise and lots of thuds. Abby runs downstairs to check things out and she approaches the basement door and growls. And then she makes her way off camera to the formal living area. I don't know what that part of the house is. I'm usually pretty good at putting together a floor plan of a house from a couple of angles. Yeah. Like, is that part of the foyer or is that part of the formal living room? I think it's the formal living room. Is it? Yeah. I think the foyer's... Like off to the right To the right of it, yeah. Okay. Then we just see part of her and you can tell she's in attack position. Yeah, she's all hunched down. Her tail's straight out. Yeah, she's snarling and growling and barking. And then there's a loud thud. And suddenly Abby is quiet. And she gets pulled off screen. Yes. And she yelps. Shh, don't talk about it. Allie wakes up from the noise and turns on the camera. 
And she starts yelling for dad, but he's already awake, too. And they both run downstairs and find Abby, Abby collapsed on the floor. She's still breathing. So dad scoops her up and he and Allie run out the door. He doesn't put shoes on. No. Like their baby's sick. Yeah. They're like, we're getting this pup to the hospital. Which is, it makes me feel good because that's how people are. Or at least you should be. Yes. If you're not that way, give me your dog. (laughs) So mom stays home with Hunter. And she's kind of shaken up because I imagine that's kind of her baby too. Yeah. And she waits on the stairs for a long time. She calls dad to check things out. And then she hears a noise coming from the kitchen. She goes to check and the same pan that has fallen down is now swaying. Okay. Scary shit keeps happening to you in the kitchen. Don't go to the kitchen. You hear pots and pans clanking in the kitchen. Your sister told you, just ignore the shit, okay? Don't pay attention to it. So what do you do? You're at home all by yourself with the baby, (laughs) and the baby's not going to be of much help to you. No. So, oh, I heard scary sounds in the room where scary shit keeps happening. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. No. Leave it alone. So she stops the pan from swaying and then begins walking through the house, turning lights off. She stopped in Hunter's room to check on him, and his nightlife... Night light is off. So she, t- not his nightlife. <laughs> He's not living the nightlife. No. <laughs> so she turns it back on and kind of tucks him back in a little bit. And then she steps away from his crib and something sweeps her out from under her feet and she begins to drag her out of the room and down the stairs. <sighs> and it is so violent. <laughs> yes. Like the way she's taken off her feet and dragged out of that room. Uh, yeah. So she fights and screams and she's able to get away for a moment and makes a dash towards Hunter's room. But as soon as she steps a foot in, something grabs her again, but this time it doesn't let go. It drags her all the way down to the basement and the door slams behind her and Hunter cries in his room. So then the clock in the living room fast forwards to 2.58 a.m. and the basement door swings open. She's been in the basement for about an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. It, she comes out slowly and very robotic-like. I wrote... She looks around like she's a mixture of RoboCop and Arnold's Terminator. Yes. She looks around and kind of surveys the living room and then heads upstairs. So the next morning, Allie's on the phone and she's telling that whoever she's talking to, I assume it's Brad. I bet it's Brad. That the vet thinks Abby had a seizure, but she's never had a seizure before. So then dad enters the kitchen carrying Hunter and he tells Allie that there's something wrong with Christy. He can't get her out of bed. But he needs to go meet with some clients. So he asks her to stay home and take care of Hunter. He says, I know you're freaked out, but I'll only be gone for like two hours. Call me if you need anything and I'll be right back. He has to go meet with some clients from Portland because he's been putting them off for weeks and he can't just blow them off now. If I couldn't get you out of bed, I would not be leaving. No, especially (laughs) when like there's scary shit happening all around you. It's not like this is an everyday thing for her where she's like super depressed and like hanging out in bed. Like, oh, look, she's gone catatonic. You said there's something wrong with her. You can't get her out of bed. Let me leave for two hours. With my children in the scary house. I don't get it. But business, business, business. Yeah, that's why we're not millionaires. About an hour later, Allie's on the phone with her boyfriend again. And she tells him that Abby's not there because they wanted to run some tests on her. And she's freaked out and she begs him to come over just for an hour or so so that she's not alone. And then Brad asks about Christy, but Allie says that she's sick or something. Allie settles into the couch, 
with a book and immediately starts hearing footsteps and thumps coming from the basement door. She opens the door and looks on the inside of the door and finds a lot of scratch marks. And some of them almost look like they're letters. Yeah. And the letters seem to spell out milk. Yeah. With an E. Like like, M-E-L-K. Yeah. That's why I said milk. I know. (laughs) But other people might have thought you said milk. No. Because milk sounds like milk, not milk. No. That sounds like the same word. (laughs) So then Allie goes upstairs to check on Hunter. And before she can enter his room, she sees that Christy's sitting in the rocker. She has a huge bite mark on her upper thigh. And it doesn't look human. No. A noise in the hallway distracts Allie for a minute. And when she turns back around, mom is no longer sitting in the chair. So Allie cautiously enters Hunter's room. She sets the camera down and picks Hunter up. And then mom appears in the doorway. And she does not look happy. No, and she looks like she's just come off like a meth bender that would make the residents of Marshalltown, Iowa proud. Yes. So back downstairs, Allie calls dad and begs him to come home. She sobs and tells him that there's something wrong with Christy. And then Allie goes back upstairs and Hunter's in his room wailing. And Allie goes to check on him. Mom is standing there in almost like a trance. Yeah, she's standing very a la Katie standing next to the bed in the first movie. Yes. So when Allie moves forward to pick up Hunter, Christy is immediately in her face telling her not to touch him. And she almost like growls it at her. Yes. She's like, don't touch him. Yeah. Allie goes to the home office and looks at the DVR and she sees the video of Christy being dragged down the steps by an unseen force. Daniel gets home and Allie shows him the video and he is pacing and freaking out in a really bad manner of acting. Yeah, he's not a good actor. He's not. So Allie pleads with him to get out of the house with Hunter. Now we see Daniel digging through some files and he calls someone. And again, in really bad acting fashion, he tells Allie, she tried to warn me and I didn't listen. (laughs) Well, guys, who he was talking about is Martine. Yeah. Martine is back. So now we have the trope of the mystical foreigner with magical knowledge. You can't really call it racist or xenophobic, but man, it's really sitting right on the edge of it. Yeah. It just feels kind of icky. So Martine instructs Daniel to get some olive oil, and she puts it on a cross, and she tells him that the cross with the oil on it will knock Christy out. He seems a little incredulous, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to take the cross. So Daniel sits next to Christy on the bed, and he tries to get her to talk to him, and she is like catatonic. Mm-hmm. Allie tells him to look at the bite on her leg, and we see Daniel getting some sort of instruction now from Martine. Then we cut to Allie yelling at him, and she says, It's Christy's fucking sister. We can't do that to her. And Daniel tells her, There's no other way. Martine says it has to be a blood relative. What are they talking about? I don't know. It doesn't sound good. So they argue some more, and Allie asks if they should tell Christy. Daniel yells that they will never tell anyone, and he yells, at her a lot more mm-hmm. while she cries. Yeah. Because he only has one way to deal with things. And he pretty much just says, this is my decision. We're doing this and we're never talking about it again. Yeah. So now we cut back to creepy Christy again and she's still sitting in bed all catatonic. Daniel comes in with his olive oil cross and he gets close to her and whispers her name. And then she springs at him and yeah. growls in a very inhuman tone. It almost looks like she tries to take a bite out of yeah, him. Yeah, it looks like she tries to bite his throat. 
And then the lights go out in the whole house. Before the lights go out, we see that Martine is in Hunter's room holding him and protecting him. The lights are out, so Daniel uses the night vision on the camera that Allie was holding and gets into Hunter's room. He asks Martine where Hunter went, and she yells that she doesn't know. Now he's moving through the house using the night vision to see. When he gets down the steps, furniture gets tossed around the living room like it's nothing, and it was like a whole fucking couch. Yeah. Demons are strong. And then we hear a loud rumbling sound, like almost like thunder coming from inside the house somewhere. Mm-hmm. They get to the dining area, and the pots and pans crash to the floor. The basement door is open, and Daniel makes his way down the steps. We can hear Hunter babbling away in the basement. He doesn't sound like he's that affected. He's just like, blah, 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 blah. I said right here. This is where I leaned over to Cam and told him I was done. Yes. So then, as the camera is kind of wildly panning around the basement, we can see Christy standing just around the edge of a door frame. But Daniel stumbles, and when the camera goes back to the door frame, she's not there anymore. He continues to make his way through the mess of a basement. It wouldn't be this hard if you would just organize your stuff. (laughs) I think that's part of what makes it scary. Yeah. So we hear Hunter start to cry a little bit. And I I wrote here, this was the point in the movie where Mandy wanted to bolt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Daniel continues running into shit in the basement, but he finally makes it to Hunter. He drops the camera and we see something pass by it. Like legs. He picks up the camera back up, and then we see Christy with a distorted face rush at him, screeching like a half bat, half person thing. She's all demony. She's very demony at this point. They struggle for a few seconds while she continues making weird ass noises, and there are sounds of like tearing and blows landing. And, and there's like some squelching noises in there. Yeah. And the camera's jostling all around. And then we see that Daniel was able to hold the cross against Christie's chest. She screams, and it appears that Daniel gets, like, thrown away from her at this point. And uh, the camera lands on the floor, and things on the floor start to rattle and vibrate wildly like there's an earthquake going mm-hmm. on. And then everything settles down, and we see Hunter's cute little shorts <laughs> with his little chunky man legs uh-huh. pop into the frame. And he toddles in front of the camera for a moment, and the shot changes back to the security cameras. The lights in the house all come back on, and Daniel gets Christy into the bed. Daniel looks exhausted and sad and a little bit guilty. Yeah. Then the shot cuts to him standing in the kitchen with an aim in flame, burning the corners of the picture of young Katie that they found earlier in the movie. What you doing, Daniel? Oh, you doing a spell. Huh? Now the screen reads three weeks later. We see Katie in the same outfit she's wearing in the first shot of the first movie. Christy's filming as she opens a gift, and Katie asks her if anything else weird has been happening in their house. Christy tells her, no, it's all been quiet. Then Katie confesses that things are getting strange at her and Mika's house. Oh, I think I've seen that before. I think so. Katie leaves the house, and we see a shot of her arriving home, just like at the beginning of the first movie. And now the screen reads, Mika was killed on October 8th, 2006. Now the screen reads, October 9th, 2006. It's 11.48 p.m. And guys, this is our last shot of the pool cleaner. So (laughs) say goodbye. Bye, pool cleaner. It's done a great job. Daniel's lounging on the couch. It looks like he's about to fall asleep. 
Hunter starts crying and Christy goes to check on him. And we can see Katie standing in her bloody white tank top in the foyer formal living room area. she's, She's behind dad. Dad can't see her. And Daniel seems to sense someone is there and he straightens up to look that way. But Katie is gone. The security cameras cycle through all the different angles in the house. And then Katie's walking up behind the couch. She slightly lifts Daniel from behind and breaks his neck and then just calmly turns and walks away. Christy hears something and looks out into the hall. She's in Hunter's room still. And as she's looking in the hall, Katie just charges into the room and like throat punches her. She like force pushes her. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Christy gets thrown into the wall real hard while holding the baby. Yeah. We hear the body thud to the floor and Hunter starts to cry. Katie bends down and picks up baby Hunter and holds him and stares into his face. Then she slowly walks out of the room with Hunter, and Hunter's giggling as they walk. Yeah. Now the screen reads, Allie returned from a school trip and found the bodies of Christy and Daniel Ray on October 12, 2006. Katie and Hunter's whereabouts remain unknown. The end. The end. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot. It's not as scary to talk about it. It's not. <laughs> so what was the body count, Mandy? Um, Daniel and Christy. Daniel, he had his neck snapped up real good. Yeah. And Christy got force pushed into a wall. And then I put the bird with the broken neck. Yes. I have the bird down here too. My body count was two people, one bird. Yeah. What are your reactions? I I put, I gotta say watching it critically kind of ruined it for me. It really did. I said, it's definitely one of those movies you have to give your full attention to and kind of get lost in the moment with. And then it is scary as fuck. But watching it critically, there's a lot of wild jumps and conclusions. The acting is horrible. It, woof. I put Allie is the only one with any talent. And I think that's just because she's acting like a teenager and she is a teenager. Yes. They don't really explain how they transfer the demon to Katie. It feels like they kind of just glossed over the end of the movie. I said it was scary, yes, but I have a lot of questions that are left unanswered. It's a good scary movie, but it's a bad movie. Yes. So in my reaction section here, I just cover the negative things. I'm not going to talk about any of the positives till I give my rating. That's fine. Before watching this critically, I would have given it a 9 out of 10. Yeah. After watching it with a critical eye... I said the same thing. It really kind of ruined the movie. Yeah. Other than Allie, no one can act. And there's a lot of shots that don't add anything to the story or really even need to be there. Like the whole baby monitor thing. That that was completely pointless. Yeah. Um, As much as I hate to say it, the pool cleaner popping out of the pool, it didn't need to be in there. No. That added nothing. Because nothing scary happens around the pool. Mm-hmm. So why were we focused on the pool cleaner coming out? Yeah, you out? kept waiting for something to happen at the pool. The leap that Allie makes to figure out why they're being haunted is absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, as a writer myself, (laughs) I can just say that this was very lazy writing. Yeah. It was, I don't know, how do we get there? Uh, uh, She can find it on a website. Mm -hmm. Uh, They should have waited to make a sequel until they had a more cohesive script and storyline. But they just had to crank it out the next year. They had to get it done. Yep. All the negatives out of the way. I think it's still a pretty damn scary movie. And it's a blast to rewatch if you're not being critical. Yeah. 
you know, just pop it on, watch it with someone, and you're guaranteed to have a good time, especially if you don't remember all of the scares. Yeah, like, even watching it, like, because I always watch with headphones on the computer, uh-huh. and, like, I've seen this movie several times. I know where the scary things are going to happen, but I still jumped three different times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really all I had to say. Do you have any production facts for us? I do, and it's this one's going to explain a lot of what you just said. Yes. So... Williams, the director, said, The entire thing was improvised. Even story beats were improvised. If we were experimenting with an idea of where the story would go, we would shoot it. And then we'd just act it out. Sometimes we kept that stuff, and some of it is in the movie the first time we did it. Sometimes we'd be like, well, that's interesting, but now we've got to change something else. Once we had the house set up, we had the ability to go back and back and back. So they had no story. They just shot scenes and pieced it together that's not a good way to make a movie no brian de palma was slated to direct this but ended up backing out brian de palma who directed the untouchables snake eyes the first mission impossible movie and carlito's way oh (laughs) he was slated to direct this what the fuck i don't know Paranormal Activity 2 broke the record for the biggest midnight gross for an R-rated film with $6.3 million, beating the previous record holder, Watchmen, by $4.6 million, and it broke the biggest opening for a horror movie of all time. That's insane. Yes. So, kind of tacking on to what you said in your first point, they began filming without a completed script, and then production was shut down after three weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Two screenwriters redrafted the script and the studio shot it down. Then one of the two writers revised the script on his own and the company took it and production started back up. But they said the script was only a guideline. Mm-hmm. You, you can tell. That's not a way to make a movie. <laughs> Do you have any more facts at all? That's all I have. Uh, I have one more. Okay. The teaser trailer for this was attached to Twilight Eclipse, but was pulled from several Cinemark theaters Due to complaints of the trailer being too scary. Oh, no. All the tweens were going to see Edward, and then they got scared. They're like, what the hell is this demon (laughs) dragging a woman down the steps? Okay, so I will say, for the goof section, I didn't see anything. (gasps) I have a goof, and you don't? You have a goof? The placement of the pillows on the couch never changes. Oh. And I'm like, people live there. Yeah. My couch pillows change every hour. Oh, at least. (laughs) They would definitely change in a matter of days. So I did look up a a goof just because I didn't want to have an empty section and I didn't figure that you would have any. Yeah. I guess there is a mug on the counter that never changes in the shots from the living room into the kitchen. Like on the island, maybe? Yeah. But then when they show the shots in the kitchen, the mug's not there. Oh. So... That mug is just always on the kitchen counter mm-hmm. from the living room, but it's never there from, the, from kitchen. the kitchen. That makes sense. Who do you think you are? I guess I'm Allie. <laughs> okay. Because uh, if the ghosty shit goes down, I'm going to grab my camera and go chase after it. Yeah. And I will investigate some spookies online, but I don't think I would arrive at a wild conclusion without a lot more research. So that's where Allie and I kind of divide. But, you know, I would love to have that purple razor, pink razor, whatever it was. I've put that I also felt like I was Allie. 
I said I wouldn't believe in the shit that, or I would believe in the shit that was happening, but then I would go into full research mode and learn everything I could about it. I'm a reliable person. She's reliable. She is. And how she's acting at the end. I, yeah, I'd sh- totally shut down. Yes. Do you want to know who I said you were? The dog. Hey, well, well, who did you think I was? Christy. Why am I Christy? <laughs> because you would recognize that something was wrong in the house and then choose to ignore it because we have had this situation before. Oh, yeah. Um, And you just wouldn't give it any energy, but then you'd pro- like totally end up possessed. <laughs> because I'm like, no, nothing's happening, guys. Nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> You actually guessed who I said you were. And the dog? Mandy is Abby. She's a good girl and she loves her family and she'll fight a bitch who's trying to get them. (laughs) I like that. You're you're the good puppy. I am. Final thoughts and ratings, Mandy. Like you, I would have rated this a 9 out of 10 before. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I also gave it a 7 out of 10. I said, overall, I think if you just sit down and watch this movie, it's terrifying. But I took points off for the plot holes and the acting. I love the idea of security cameras and a handheld. It makes you feel very submerged in the movie. Oh, yes. I put that the sound effects are ridiculous, but like in a good way, because I still don't know what that noise is, but it scares me. And when the front door gets slammed shut and there's just that. Yeah. Um, What is that? And I said, this movie still made me jump three times while watching it. And I put that this is the kind of shit that scares me. It's all the quiet and slow anticipation and then the sudden burst of fright. After reading that they didn't have a script and just kind of went with it, you can tell. Yes. Said, overall, I still really like this movie and think it's very scary. All right. So I gave the same rating as you, which makes our combined score really easy to figure out. Yeah. All of the negatives out of the way, this is still a damn scary found footage movie, and it's a blast to rewatch if you're not being critical. Yes. If you just pop it on. Watch it with someone. You're guaranteed to have a good time. I took one point off for the acting, one point off for the storyline, and a point for unnecessary shots Mm -hmm. because there were a lot of unnecessary shots, but we are not including the pool cleaner in the unnecessary shots. No. That was the foundation of the movie. It was. I guess that's all I have to say about that. Oh, my. Do you want to do the socials? Yes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Franchise Frights Pod. You can find us on X and Snapchat at F Frights Pod or visit our website, www.franchisefrightspodcast.com. Make sure you tune in next Thursday and do your homework beforehand. We're going to be talking about Scream 2. Yeah. And I think Mandy's going to have a lot to say. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. Our last Scream episode went over two hours. I think so. So, Yeah. Expect a long one next week, but it should be a fun conversation. Yeah. So I guess until next Thursday, remember, remember they, they always come back. back. Woohoo! It all recorded. Oh, I would have killed you if it hadn't. <laughs>